Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, in the Office of Mission Ministry Interfaith Dialogue at St. Francis College in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. My great pleasure to be back again with you today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God, for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very unique time, late in the year 2022, when burnout is very prevalent. As such, we are honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. Her name is Dr. Mia Russell. Mia has served in various roles across nonprofit, academic, and corporate sectors. She is also the co-author of the enlightening and timely book, Fired Up, a guide to transforming your team from burnout to engagement. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Mia. Great morning to you as well, Greg. I'm happy to be here. Again, thank you for allowing us to share today. Ah, the honor is all ours. How do we tell our listeners from what city and state you are speaking from this morning, please? I am coming from home in Bowie, Maryland. That is uh, just between D.C. and Annapolis. Oh, wow. What a great area of the country. Certainly, I had the great honor of being in Annapolis uh, several years ago and Beautiful air, and of course, Washington, D.C. is the place to be, especially these days. So thanks for getting up extra early to be with us today. Sadly, Mia, we've only got 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about you, your background, your experience, this fabulous book you've co-authored. We're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool. Why did you write this great book, Fired Up? Yeah, that's thank you for starting here. Um, together with my co-author, Gervin Liggins, we um, were actually classmates in graduate school. And we uh, talked a lot about many aspects of work, right? Individual factors, things that are influenced by and influence employees, as well as how organizations work and those relationships between the organization and employees. And uh, we had very uh, different views on um, work and the role of organizations in many different ways. Um, but we realized that our when we synthesized our thoughts, uh, there was something there that um, wasn't widely available on shelves. And so um, a lot of maybe the central idea really was around the fact that burnout and engagement isn't necessarily the employee's fault or problem. There are organizational levers that people can 
alter, control, modify, that can help foster burnout or engagement. And instead of telling employees, here's what you need to do to overcome burnout or to learn how to be engaged, we thought we should talk to leaders and tell leaders and organizational, you know, people responsible within organizations, uh, how they also have a responsibility, right? They have this privilege of leading and um, yeah. or organizing the workforce, but there's also a responsibility uh, to help support their team. Boy, this is amazing. What a tremendous service you're providing. I can share with you, we are now in our 15th plus year, and thank God for Monday, we've never discussed the subject of burnout, so yeah. we're breaking some wonderful ground this morning. So help us out, please, Samia, for the listeners and me. What exactly is burnout? All right, and I think that's a great place to start. It's surprising you haven't talked about burnout in 15 years, but... My bad. That's yeah, it's okay. This is great. So I think to make things a little easier, let me talk about what burnout is not. Often we learn better through comparison, right? Sure. And so burnout is simply not um, emotional or uh, physical exhaustion. It's not just a resiliency deficit or fatigue, depression, um, uh, frustration or feelings of overwhelm, right? That's not. But certainly those are symptoms of burnout. Rather, we'd like to talk about burnout, um, I guess academically, burnout is defined in kind of three aspects. Uh, it is through exhaustion, cynicism, and reduced professional efficacy, right? Or this reduced professional accomplishment. So we know, and uh, in 2019, pre-pandemic, which is kind of ironic if you think about it, the World Health Organization identified burnout as a work-life work place phenomenon that was resulting or resulting from chronic and unmanaged stress. So oh. we know stress has increased since the pandemic, right? But in 2019, this is what the World Health Organization said. So burnout is a progressive workplace phenomenon that uh, is um uh, that is, uh, I guess, what is, let me, let me say that again. Workplace is a progressive workplace phenomenon defined in three ways, exhaustion, cynicism, and reduced professional efficacy. It starts with exhaustion, right? And if we think about a snowball going down a hill, we are very tired, right? Emotionally ex and physically exhausted. Mm -hmm. But then the cynicism builds and ultimately employees feel that they aren't making meaningful contributions to work. Right. And that's that reduced accomplishment that maybe they they nor their work matter. Oh, and so wow. we we also to we don't want to make it look grim. Right. But we also like to paint a picture because sometimes the academic words get in the way. And so we think of a person kind of walking around at work, uh, tired, weighed down from job pressure. Um, battling kind of doubts, uh, you know, through a cloud of self-doubt and thinking that their work doesn't matter. But if you think about it, it's really worse because that person isn't bringing their best self to work. And so kind of that is in a nutshell what burnout is, but how you see it and how it might impact work teams, organizations. Wow. And so the next question, if I may follow up, because I've got a couple of more regarding burnout. Mm -hmm. 
Who does burnout affect? Is it only the individual or are there others involved here? Help us out, please, Mia. Sure. Let's talk about uh, who burnout affects and then in what ways that affects organizations, right? Bigger than just the employee, because it's both. So when we think about burnout, um, our research shows that uh, burnout affects everyone, right? No one is immune from burnout. So it doesn't matter on the industry, the discipline, um, the function, the role, or even the country. Burnout is a global issue. And oh, if, wow. Yeah, in fact, we found that uh, burnout costs, costs organizations globally over $300 billion a year. Uh, excuse me one second, please. Did you say billion with yes. a C? 300 billion. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can make you I can make you shudder again because when you add depression and anxiety, um the costs in lost productivity top a trillion dollars. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So for that reason, it affects everyone or anyone can be affected. I want to say that Gallup and the World Health Organization estimate that at any given time one out of every four people are experiencing signs and symptoms of burnout. Ooh. So that's uh, you know, if you add two other people to this show, it's one of us, right? Um, but also, it shows up in the workplace in, in many ways. One, it is very costly. But this idea of the lost productivity, whether people leave or they are not sh showing up as their best self at work, it's also that burnout is contagious. So we know affect matters, right? If someone is positive um, or negative, right? If someone is happy or sad, it, it, it has a way of shaping the energy and yes. the and level of enthusiasm in the room. So these individuals that may be suffering from burnout uh, can also be sharing that or spreading that with others. Wow, this is really something. If it's okay with you, Amiya, I'd like to peel the onion a little bit more where do we see burnout? And just as important, when are we seeing burnout? So I think the where is, again, um, you know, uh, everywhere, right? In all industries. Um, so again, it doesn't matter of the role or function. We're seeing um, burnout globally in manufacturing, in healthcare, uh, certainly in recent years, especially given the pandemic, we've heard a lot about um, our um, medical professionals, um, mm. educators, right? They uh -oh. are feeling overwhelming levels of stress. Um, but um, construction, transportation, government, legal, uh, engineering, it, the, the list goes on in all roles. Oh. Uh, there is a significant burnout. I think hotel, food services, and hospitality topped the list. Um, around 80% of the workforce was experiencing signs of burnout. Whereas, for example, in education, where you and I sit, 76% of uh, uh, people were experiencing uh, burnout worldwide. Oh, gosh. Oh, this I'm so sorry to hear all this. Uh, that's for sure. Now, the ironic thing, Mia, is that we're hearing more and more about burnout all the time. Now, clearly, burnout's not overstated, but why do you think this is? You know, why, why are we hearing more about it? Is it mostly coming from the younger generations? 
Well, what's happening here, please? I think it's coming from the younger generations. In fact, we see that uh, burnout is doesn't have a generational, um, I mean, generations may matter, right? Let me take a step back. But it isn't just about younger people or older people are experiencing burnout. One in four people are experiencing burnout, right? We do have research that suggests um, women uh, have a bigger share of the burden than men, okay? But in general, it is one in every four people. I think that especially here in the past few years, people have been reevaluating their relationship with work. So this can be stemming from many things, but the research that I also shared was that burnout was uh, articulated as a workplace phenomenon in 2019, right? So some of this, the, the feelings of burnout may have been, may have intensified or been amplified, but it isn't that something just happened. This has been a, a slow burn for years. Wow! So, and if you go, go, go and, and if you think about it, burnout was just was initially characterized as a staff burnout in 1974. So it wasn't really that long ago. Yeah, relatively speaking, certainly. So it would be unfair to say that the pandemic has caused burnout. Burnout seems to have existed before the pandemic. Is that a correct statement, Mia? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That I don't don't think that would be a fair characterization of burnout. Wow. Now, one of the other things we have not addressed, but I've really wanted to address, and I think you're the perfect person to do this with, is this concept of quiet quitting. Help us out again, Mia. What is quiet quitting? I'd love to get your thoughts about it. And and why is this phenomenon happening? Or maybe it really isn't happening. Share with us, please. Yeah, so I think for any of your listeners that have been in HR for some time, um, when we think about quiet quitting, I'd like to, um, I, I think that this is a new word for presenteeism. People show up at work, but may not be given their full self at work. Uh, right. So uh, this is this. I don't think this is necessarily new, but a uh, quiet quitting was a new a trend that uh, started on TikTok, in fact. Uh, um, and what what I it, since this is more of a social construct, right, I understand it to be people are coming to work and they are, um, do, you know, doing their job. They're not going above and beyond. I think we make uh, that out to be a bad thing, uh, that going above and beyond is the minimum, right? And in that same way, this is how some of the workplace stress can be brewing, because in many ways, we've normalized overwork, and we've normalized burnout, and stress in some ways seems like a badge of honor. You go places socially, and you're talking about how busy you are, how much you have going on, right? Right. I think, you know, um, together, uh, Gerben and I, when we kind of conceptualize Fired Up, we think that people deserve a place where they go for work, where they spend most of their waking time, where they can be fulfilled, where they can feel like they make a meaningful contribution, where Mm -hmm. they can feel or have a sense of zest and zeal, aka getting us to that point of being fired up, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't think it's an either or. We think that 
it would be great if people had environments where they could thrive and flourish. And that is what we're really arguing for in our book. Before we talk more about what employers could do to prevent a burnout, uh, quiet quitting, uh, the thought has just occurred to me. Have your research found, is there any relation between burnout and quiet quitting? And if so, what may be that relation, please, Samia? So we haven't done any research on that, but what I would, uh, how I understand this idea of quiet quitting is that people are tired. They are reevaluating their relationship with work. They may want to spend their time doing other things that fulfill them or give them value, make them feel that they're making a contribution. And so that is kind of the beginning of uh, burnout, right? You're tired, you're feeling a bit cynical, you know, maybe you don't think that your work is valued or you're making a contribution at work. So you look elsewhere. So I think that they are definitely related, uh, but we have not done any research in that. And I actually haven't seen any in that yet. Good. Very, very. It's so interesting because before becoming a Franciscan brother, I had a 30 year career in international pharmaceuticals. Mm. And so I worked with people literally around the world. And the people would invariably say, for example, the colleagues in Europe would say, the people in America, they live to work instead of working to live. And it's interesting because you're exactly right. I think back to those years and to be stressed and to overwork was almost a badge of honor. You know, it showed that you mattered, that the organization needed you but how detrimental that was to myself and so many other people uh, who took that attitude. No question about it. Now, this great book you mentioned certainly fired up. You wrote it one reason to help employers prevent burnout. Mm -hmm. Share with us, what can the organizations do to really help their employees to prevent burnout? Okay, so I guess I'd like to start by saying we we offer good news, right? That... Um, the, the factors that foster burnout uh, are also the same factors that foster engagement, right? Or this sense of, of fired up. It's about the strategies that are employed that uh, I, I'm using my hands here as if I'm actually moving a lever, right? But it's about the strategies that are employed and where the focus is. So when people come to work and there's this energy level of involvement and level of efficacy that is a part of their workspace, kind of the work environment. Um, with energy, it can turn into exhaustion, right? You can be drained and can, can feel exhausted, or you can be full of vigor, right? It's the same energy, but it's about how it's manipulated, right? Oh. So going, if you are feel invigorated at work, that is driving towards engagement. But if you feel exhausted, that is driving towards um, burnout. In the same way, um, involvement, you can be uh, dedicated to your work, right? And you can feel like your work is, is, is mattering. You're making a contribution. Or you can feel like you're doing all of this and none of it matters. So if you feel that you are making a difference, that's dedication, that's driving towards engagement, if you feel that your work doesn't matter, that's driving towards cynicism, okay? Oh. And then finally, that last uh, area, efficacy, right? We feel that we're doing a good job. We have confidence in our work. Um, when you feel like you're doing a good job, 
and um, you are confident in your performance, it, it, it uh, lends itself to absorption, which is the last area of these kind of three areas of engagement where you are so absorbed in your work. You are, you want to, you, you, you know, jump out of bed to get started. You can't oh, wait yeah. to get started. And it's hard to detach um, versus feeling uh, that the, the work is not, um, you know, is, is you're not doing a good job and that's that inefficacy. And that again, drives towards uh, burnout. So we think it's the same thing. It's just about how we work the organizational policies, the procedures, the job demands and job resources, the organizational support in order to drive where you want to go, right? This is so helpful to me because earlier this year, I was transferred to our mission ministry interfaith dialogue group. And for the first time in my life, I've always work-led people but I've never had formal supervisory responsibilities mm -hmm. in which I now do. And what I think I need to do better is I really need for the people who report to me, I, I need to, as their direct supervisor, really show them how their contribution matters and what they're doing is enhancing St. Francis College, is enhancing our group. Would you say, is that correct? This is what supervisors and managers, leaders can do for their people? Definitely. With, yes. Overwhelmingly, yes. Wow. Okay. This this is great. Literally starting this Monday, I have to be much more intentional uh, about this. Now, it's interesting because I say I have employees. There are so many people. Uh, everyone has bosses, certainly. How can leaders, how can managers, supervisors find out if our employees are burnt out, because I would envision if someone is burnt out, they're going to try to hide it. Does this make any sense at all, Amia? Yeah. So um, I, I like to attack this in two ways. And I think this will help also help us think about how do you get your team to this? You know, how do you engage your team? Please. So many of those kind of signs and symptoms that I mentioned, exhaustion, a lack of involvement, um, uh, you know, uh, not being able to bounce back after negative feedback, things like that. If you start to see some things changing in your employee, I think you should be aware. One of the things we say that leaders and managers can do is uh, to be a burnout risk manager. Right. We all as managers have some role around managing risks. Right. But this idea sure. of being a burnout risk manager means you're looking for those things in a work environment that are helping your team, the ones that are hindering and maybe some that we could call a warning sign. Perhaps there's really not anything happening today that you need to address, but you should be thinking about it. Just have it in the back of your mind. Should there should things change? Should external forces change? You know, for example, who knows? Everyone is now trying to figure out how do we do hybrid work, right? So if something changes there, or uh, I don't want to think of where my mind immediately went like another shutdown. I don't even want to contemplate oh, that. God but how might, with when these things happen, because something will happen, if you at least have your, your eyes um attuned to these warning signs, you'll be prepared, right? So we think that being a burnout risk manager is, is truly a manager and leader's responsibility, 
right? By having high quality trust-based relationships with people that report to you, they will feel more comfortable coming and talking to you about what's going on. Perhaps you might not be able to solve it if it's not work-related, but we know that we bring stuff to work. We bring baggage to work. And uh, sometimes it's just helpful to understand what else is going on so that there may be um, ways to reallocate work or think about different types of projects, right? Um, it's also important for leaders and managers to harness their team's motivation, right? We believe that you can motivate others and everything isn't about the carrot and the stick, but it's about how, um, you know, knowing your the people that you're working with and that work for you and you work for, right? Knowing them well, so you know what motivates them. And then thirdly, it's about creating a culture of self-care, right? So instead uh -huh. of having the focus just on do these things, take care of yourself. It's about how can we also encourage self-care? How can it be a part of our culture? It is, it's one thing to give people vacation time, but um, not to encourage them to take it. Right. It's one thing to say, I want you to take breaks, but for them, for it not to be modeled. Sure. Wow. Right? It's if you send emails late at night or on the weekends with an expectation of a response, that may not be modeling what you are saying. Right. So these are, I, I guess, at a, at a very high level, we, as you said, we don't only have 30 minutes, but at a very high level, these are the kind of the three big things that we think uh, leaders and managers should do. And we walk through our book, a way of assessing job demands, job resources, and organizational support, acknowledging the things that are within your control, and then developing strategies that will help you address the things that are helping or hindering your work, work um, environment. And we call this, we offer a framework called an organization job personal uh, framework, OJP. And so it's, we actually offer practical tools. This isn't just about theory. It's important to know what burnout is, what engagement is, but it's also very important to know now that I know this is affecting my team, what can I do about it? And that's where Fired Up comes in. Oh, what a great resource this is. And sadly, we've only got about four minutes, but we still have two very, very important questions because I feel, uh, Mia, that most likely some of our listeners out there are just feeling burnt out. Mm -hmm. Can employees tell their managers that they're burnt out? And if so, how would you go about having that conversation? please? I definitely think um, it may be challenging for people to say, hey, I'm experiencing burnout, right? Um, if they do have good relationships we like to call high quality and trust-based relationships where people feel psychologically safe. It's not going to hurt them in any way if they were to share. Um, I think that they should, because then if we talk about uh, the, uh, not just the presenting problems, but the root cause, then it's a lot easier to have honest and transparent conversations about what we can do to solve it. If a person doesn't feel that they have that, uh, uh, psychological safety to have that conversation, then I think what they should uh, do is perhaps identify some of the job demands and stressors that are weighing heavily on themselves. And then they can talk specifically about those things. Oh, 
great, great advice, no doubt about it. We've saved me the most important question for last. Okay. But where can our loyal listeners purchase Fired Up? Oh. How can they best follow you, please? Yes, thank you. So uh, Fired Up is available wherever you buy books. So Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. You can also find it at Target and Walmart.com. Um, so wherever you find books. And we also have a website, ThinkFiredUp.com. So maybe you can put that in your show notes. Uh, but ThinkFiredUp.com. And I'm... Um, I only, I primarily engage on LinkedIn and I am there as Mia Baytop Russell, Mia B. Russell. Terrific. Listeners, let me get that for you again. That's thinkfiredup.com and also your LinkedIn, it's Mia B. Russell. Yes. You've got no excuse, listeners. Pick up at least one of these. This is holiday time. What a fabulous holiday gift this would be if someone's an individual contributor, if they manage people, if they lead individuals, please, 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 as good Franciscans, we don't hold on to the good, we share the good. Look what Mia did for us today. She shared all the good inside of herself. Now it's your turn. Pick up at least one more copies of this book, uh, share with others, because I never realized the challenges that burnout bring. This is a real prevalent problem, especially in late 2022 that we're in now. So please uh, pick up this great book. It will change your work life. It will change the work life of others. So please, and don't hesitate to uh, uh, connect with uh, Mia on LinkedIn to keep the conversation going. Uh, she's given us a lot of nuggets today and there's I'm sure a lot more to share. Dr. Mia Baytop Russell, we can't thank you enough for coming on Thank God for Monday this morning. Yes, you've enlightened us. Much more you've inspired us. You've inspired me. I need to be much more intentional about burnout, about how I treat my employees, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So again, many, many thanks. Continued wonderful success and great contribution with this book and all your future endeavors. Sir. Thank you so much. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying, my hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Mia does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next week's episode of Thank God for Monday, have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.